Hello. She was a level-headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. Where she pressed her chest against me. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. We finally have some football news to talk about, and so um, we have Brandon Solis on, who uh, was at football media days today, and uh, he's going to give us a breakdown of what the coaches and some of the players had to say um, in preparation for this upcoming season. So something better than realignment, in my opinion. So let's go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, uh, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, uh, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. Um, they are the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Uh, whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts uh, can help find the best mortgage solution for you. Uh, they can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. Um, they have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process uh, online and it's easy um, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. Um, they can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website uh, at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. Uh, so get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. All right, so here we go. A little football talk for the first time and seems like a long time. And for that, I've got my man Brandon Solis in for, for Hunter. Brandon was at Media Days today. So what's going on, Brandon? Uh, nothing. Just, uh, you know, learned a lot about a lot of new guys on uh, on campus and the Red Raider football program. That a couple stories I have planned. But, um, yeah, literally kind of just walked through the door back at the apartment and getting settled back in. Uh, back to the grind, honestly. Haven't done this, and uh, you know, last year was a little different. Yeah, uh, for everybody, obviously, uh, a little different for sports media. Now we're trying to adjust back to the norm. Uh, how much of a grind it actually is is uh, is very uh, it's very intense, but uh, nonetheless, had a really good time out there. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's what we were talking about before I hit record was just how you know how was it being back in person? Because I'm sure that was seemed like it was good for everybody. Uh, even Wells, I think, mentioned it in his opening statement. So. That's, all, that's yeah, always um, good. Yeah, first uh, thing that's first thing he opened up with. Yeah, the uh, the first it seemed like after he you know he kind of talked about that that he first went into injuries and um, the one thing you know we had kind of heard about Holcomb, which I guess I don't know if it's an injury, but he's no longer with the team. But the the biggest news there for me is Abinami because I I'd kind of had him you know you know just like well maybe this guy he might he might have kind of a breakout year he's got the he's got like the perfect build for an edge rusher you know he was hurt last year four star coming out of high school and again another injury because last year he was a knee right Mm -hmm. and then this year ruptured tricep and he's out for a year so it's just that would be the one place on the defense you don't want to lose a contributor yeah, no, you don't. And, uh, you know, I kind of feel for him just because of what that kid's been through, what that guy's been through now. I keep calling them kids, but <laughs> you're old. I'm starting to get old. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll be 26 next month. But um, nonetheless, 
Yeah, you really feel for him just because it just seems like you can't catch a break. And like you said, out of all the position groups, you really don't want to lose anybody that D line. Um, good thing in Banasword's back. Yeah, that's what we've um, you know, everybody apparently is kind of healthy except Sir Roderick, I believe, honestly. Um, but nonetheless, the D line group, I think you're you you weren't as thin as you were last year, but you're definitely not as deep uh, compared to other positions on that, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. And, but yeah, I want to talk about Imbanasaur, but before we get there, just a couple of the other injury news. Um, I know people on the site were worried about Izukama and Sir Roderick, but it sounds like they're both good to go, right? For the start mm-hmm. of the start of camp, at least. Yeah. And they're going to, um, they're going to monitor them. As Coach Wells said, they are all full, clear to go. But um, nonetheless, you still kind of hold those guys back a little bit just for precautions. Um, they should be ready to go for uh, in time for kickoff in Houston on September 4th. And then they should be pretty much well said uh, that they're going to be playing September 11th in your home opener. So, um, yeah, especially kind of what happened with easy with that. It sounded gruesome. Uh, yeah. to, it sounded like you, we almost dodged a bullet. Like it could have been a yeah. lot worse than it actually yeah, was. And you, and you hear it and you think it is a lot worse, but uh, apparently it wasn't so you know, you said you're thankful that you saw him there. He was one of the participants today in that local media day. And so was Sir Roderick. Uh, but it's going to be really interesting to see with Sir Roderick, uh, with the rest of the running back uh, room, just because it's going to be a little bit of a running back by committee. And I asked Xavier Wyatt, I said, obviously, you cheer for your teammates. But, um, you know, deep down, you know, you want to be that that first back, don't you? And uh, he was just like, yeah, you do. Yeah, and uh, he understands that with Sir Roderick out, that and he said just like the rest of them, even Cam Valdez, a true freshman, he knows that he has an opportunity to come in here and actually gain and earn playing time. And then Xavier has the the experience uh, over you know Taj. I guess Chadarius might be the other guy that he can watch out for experience wise. Yeah. But right now Xavier is the guy that's been here. Uh, he's kind of battled through some things, and he, I think he's ready to take that next step. So um, it'll be interesting to see where uh, where we land uh, running back wise. Yeah, I mean, I almost thought that um, by the end of last year, I thought Xavier was the best running back on the team. Um, he, he just had that a little bit of pop towards the end. That could have been, you know, I know Sir Roderick was banged up, but it just seemed like the offense ran smoother when Xavier was in there. And then I also think we might see a little more from. Chadarius Townsend, you know, he, he got, I think he got COVID right before the year last year, lost a bunch of weight. Um, And so I don't think last year was very indicative of who he is as a player, you know, and this year he's, he weighs more than Sir Roderick does right now and is still one of the fastest guys on the team. So it wouldn't shock me if he had a few eye opening plays come the start of the season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially out of the backfield um, and the passing game. I think Jadarius, that's, I think that's what they really like, what he brings to the table. And then um, Xavier is just the speedy kind of guy. Um, you know, he seemed like he's uh, kind of ready, like I said, to take the next step. And he said he was. And uh, he's one of the guys that's actually cashed in like NIL stuff, too. So that's an interesting uh, side yeah. note for him. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, I think you kind of do want to see this. If it is going to be a committee, I think they can all contribute in their own ways. So it'll be interesting to see how um, how they both kind of benefit the entire uh, running back room as a whole. Uh, I think I honestly would say, though, that I think it, probably everybody would agree here is you would actually love to see Sir Roderick be fully healthy and be the be the guy. So um, we'll see. And if that and uh, Coach Wells said we'll know more mid uh, mid training camp. So 
I guess with him, it's just going to be patience. But for now, at least you have that depth because it's not, oh, it hasn't been there all the time. No, I mean, so, I can remember doing these podcasts like, with you, with you last year and saying, yeah. you know, if Surrounder gets hurt, your other running backs are walk-ons, you know, and it turned yeah. out, you know, Xavier White was, a, is a good, a good walk-on. Mm-hmm. And probably, I don't think he's a walk-on anymore, but uh, you know, you go from that to, I mean, four guys who could start and you'd feel good about. So it's, it's definitely impressive the way that running back room has been, you know, turned over, I guess. Uh, Another thing that I thought was interesting that Wells said, and maybe you can expand a little more on it since you were there. See, I mean, he flat out said DeMarcus Fields will start. And I don't know if that was, to me, that was still a question because I mean, that just similar to the running back room, that corner room is, is pretty good compared to where it was a year ago. So I, I didn't know if he would be a shoe in to start. Yeah. And I, uh, I'd asked him that if that was a surprise to him. Cause I told him, I was like, I think he Wells hasn't gone on record. Obviously you can assume, especially on the defense side of the ball with the, how much you bring back who the starters are going to be. Um, I think he's told us offensive line already um, pretty much told us at big 12 media days who, uh, what starting five that was going to be defensively. I don't think he went on record saying Rico was, but obviously you can assume he is and Colin and those guys. So, but uh, DeMarcus was the first guy where he was like, uh, yeah, he's starting. And I was like, okay, cool. And like, he had so much praise for him. And then coach Patterson follows up and he has a ton of praise for him. And then I get to actually speak with DeMarcus and uh, you know, it's always nice whenever they actually remember you. So he was one of the ones I always shake their hands, no matter who they are, however time I've known them and introduce myself and he's like I don't know you're good I remember you and stuff and he kind of had a different change in demeanor compared to other years and then I asked him too it was like you know you decided to come back uh why was that and he said I needed to work on my leadership he's like um I've always learned from leaders he said I never was one really myself yeah and he said this was the best opportunity for him and he said that uh not many college athletes get the opportunity to have a free year so he said uh, he didn't feel like he was ready and that uh, at least for the NFL, because that's obviously his ultimate goal. Yeah. And you saw a guy like McPherson go uh, third round. He said he's pretty close to him and that's what he wants to wants to be for Texas Tech. At least he said that Texas Tech needs a lot of uh, representation in the draft for and at, and, uh, and excuse me, let me get my tongue straight in the DB room out of the DB room. He wants yeah. Texas Tech to have a lot of DBs in the draft. And he wants to be the next one. So he set himself some pretty high goals. And he's, um, you know, he just talked a little different, carried himself a little bit different this uh, this offseason compared to past years where he really didn't have to be the, you know, one of the defensive faces. Now it's probably going to be, you know, DeMarcus Fields, Rico Jeffers, Colin Schooler. He's going to be in the mix basically when you're talking about that defense, which I think's kind of um, humbled him a little bit and kind of made him realize like what he actually is for this team. So you can tell he really appreciated um all the praise that Patterson and Wells gives them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's always, especially cause it seemed like, and I've almost bl- like blocked last year out of my mind, but I can remember being a little disappointed. So like in some of, you know, it seemed like fields would have games where he, he looked like our best corner, you know, like even mm. better than McPherson. And then there would be other games where it seemed like he was getting picked on. So maybe a little consistency, um could really and i think that's what made mcpherson a third round draft pick is he went from a guy who would make a play or two a game to a guy who was making a play or two every game and that that's something that fields could do um but you mentioned leadership and i thought it was interesting that uh wells mentioned marquise waters muddy waters has been a leader you know a guy who what just got here and i don't even there's been so many transfers i don't know when he exactly got here but 
hasn't been here very long, but that speaks to a, to him as a person and a, and a player, if he's already a leader in the locker room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And, and uh, it, it's interesting. Cause uh, you know, you bring up muddy specifically, but um, a lot of those transfers were available. Uh, you know, majority of them were kind of just to get to know them. Um, Reggie Pearson really stuck out to me uh, yeah. just because of his story. And, and just, uh, you know, he opened up to me a little bit, you know, we kind of got a little personal and it was really actually really cool to cool to talk to him specifically and just to hear kind of what it, what he has to you know deal with and what he's had to uh, learn, because I kind of asked everybody how the transfers and you know specifically DBs because it seemed like we got a lot of those transfer DBs in, um, how hard it is to kind of adapt to each other, and I think he put it pretty well of like they're basically told to put their arms around them once they're Red Raiders that they're basically in the brotherhood you know stuff like that, and he said you know it does get a little difficult to you know work with people that you don't know yeah and then he said that but the what he's been through specifically reggie what he's told me was uh you know he's a wisconsin guy big 10 yeah he said that's a gritty gritty uh conference to play in you know ohio state you know grinding you you know this big hits all the time but then he says you know i'm playing next to a guy that went to lsu specifically eric Mm -hmm. um then he's like i look over and then uh, muddy's there and he was with coach jones at duke and stuff so he's he basically like said they've kind of all adapted to each other and have kind of embraced the fact that even though they're new, that they will be leaders on the team just because of their experience. And he has three years left, uh, Reggie specifically. So um, he kind of knows what he's going to be carrying weight wise on his shoulders and on the field, but uh, nothing but like you said uh, about muddy waters though, nothing but high praise for him as well. And you just really hope that this translates on the field uh, in the long run, because it's a yeah. lot of, here's this guy here's his accolades here's who offered him here's why he chose this uh okay cool can he go uh can he can he stop the the deep ball you know yeah yeah and that's kind of the the theme with with media day in general is yeah no it is i mean we we recognize the roster has been flipped Mm -hmm. we recognize the improvement of talent you know we we recognize just like it seems like the fans and specifically the people on Red Raider sports <clears throat> like Wells as a dude. Yes. It's just, can you put it together and win some football games? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that yeah. seems to be the, the last piece of the puzzle. Um, Easier said than done, obviously, but oh, you yeah. really, you're, you're rooting for him, you know? Yeah. And it seems like to me, I mean, what was so weird about last season was just how bad the offense was, you know, and, and us as tech fans are not really used to that. Um, and so one, one thing that people have been worried about rightfully so going into this year is the pass catchers. And there's been two that I, other than Izukama, there's been two that I think have garnered some attention. The first one would be the the freshman tight end, um, the six, nine, <laughs> I'm blanking yes, on his nine. name. Um, Tharp. Tharp, Tharp. Yes. Uh, Tharp. And then uh, Kalen Geiger, the mm-hmm. transfer from Troy. Um, and both of those two got talked up pretty good at media day, right? Like, I believe they said Geiger was going to play outside receiver, correct? Mm-hmm. That kind of mm-hmm. surprised yeah. me. Yeah, and um, I, I actually spoke with him too. I forgot to mention that you bring him up. I spoke to him and, um, you know, really wasn't uh, too open, you know, still kind of trying to get his feet under him here in, uh, here in Lubbock. Obviously coming from Troy, a smaller town. So he said uh, people kept telling him that Lubbock was pretty small and stuff. And he said, no, this is not small like he said he's still trying to wrap his head he thinks the city's pretty big here in Lubbock and you know I came from a small town so I agree with him yeah but um 
nonetheless uh you know he was he uh he shared a little bit and stuff i asked him if he felt comfortable he said obviously wherever they need me i will play uh in the bowl game he said when his last bowl game when he was at troy he played some corner which is interesting oh wow yeah um he said he you know that he actually was an easy transition because he just flipped what he was taught and stuff and i was like yeah that makes sense and then at navarro college he said that um he had played uh, outside the whole year so he's he's had experience out there and stuff and he's just um and he's aware because i asked him to you know like the, the this is a power five conference still still the big 12 what we're talking about no matter what's going on right now he's this year still a big 12 season yeah uh he knows that uh it's going to be a little challenging maybe especially being a little undersized but um you know, he said he, he thinks he can just one-on-one on, one on an island. He said he'll bet on himself every time yeah, based off of his speed. So, yeah, and that's where you hope, hopefully, you 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 can uh, create that mismatch at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you're, you're starting to, to pile up guys who can create mismatches, whether it be size or speed. You know, mm-hmm. like him and Miles Price, definitely two guys who excel in, with speed. And then, you know, Trey Cleveland, Jalen – nope, not Jalen Polk. Uh, <laughs> wait, Jaron Bradley. Yes, Jaron Bradley. Pulled, transferred. See, it's so mm-hmm. hard to keep up. Um, yeah, Jaron. All the you know, um, and then Izukama kind of has both. But it seems it does seem like you're stacking up like just guy after guy who's six six, six four, yep. six. I mean, it just seems like you look at your pass catchers, and they're all either huge or they're fast. Or in mm-hmm. Izukama's case, they're both. Uh, and Bradley, you know, Jaron Bradley's too. Um, and so, but then, you know, the one guy that sticks out is you hear, oh, our six, eight tight end is actually still growing and is now six, nine. <laughs> so what would they have to say about Tharp? Cause I know during the spring, Cumbie was honest and open about like, this guy is going to play, you know, as a freshman. Yeah. And, and, and I think they doubled um, down on that today. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wells doubled down on that and said, he's going to play in the opener specifically. And, um, will he play, um, you know, Oklahoma State when it's kind of getting maybe a little tough when you got to win a game who knows with the whole um four year or four game uh, red shirt rule now that we we have that has actually been really really uh I think beneficial for every team but um he definitely playing the opener so we'll see how he does there uh growing an inch well said he kind of joked because I'm the one I asked him about that and he said that uh they haven't measured him yet but Mason thinks he grew an inch. So and he's kind of like, you know, he's a young kid. He's, you know, I'll take his word for it. No, I'll take it six, eight, even. I mean, what he's listed is at already. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. So, um, and then you lose John Holcomb, like we mentioned from at the yeah. top. That's uh, basically what I, why I asked coach Wells about that was because he said Mason and then Jed castles, they're going to have plenty of opportunity now. And Jason Lloyd, I think we forget about him. He's from the college of, uh, uh, San Mateo, I believe. Somewhere in California, yeah. Yeah, and I remember seeing him on the last chance you in the last um, football season they had because he was playing the team that was highlighted, the that Oakland team or the Compton team, wherever it was. But nonetheless, um, he, he mentioned his name and stuff, but I really, really hope that the these freshmen can just kind of click from the get-go because it would be so nice to have three or four years having an Iowa State-type tight end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, another yeah, weapon. You theoretically could have two like they do, yeah. you know, with Castles and Tharp, and they're even bigger. Yeah. Uh, Without the long hair. I think a tight end, if you have a long hair and you're that big, you're just deadly. So maybe one yeah, of them. Yeah. They need to let, you know, they need to let that grow. Um, another, uh, you know, another position that 
people have been worried about his offensive line. And I know yeah. that TJ Stormont was mentioned, but did they have anything, any other offensive linemen stand out or any insight on what they're looking to do there? Yeah, I think Josh Berger's feeling more comfortable back at guard. Yeah. He's going to be taking over Jack Anderson's spot. Yeah. Um, that's where he was at Wofford. And, um, you know, obviously they're cross trained and stuff, but he just looked a little lost at tackle. And obviously mm. it's two different animals. Um, TJ Stormont, um, the way he kind of carries himself and how he talks. And uh, when I talked to him about left tackle, he said, obviously it's the uh, toughest, in his opinion, toughest position to play. Um, you're protecting the quarterback, obviously. And he yeah. even mentioned by name, he said, when Tyler gets sacked. So a little inside there on his words, we know who's, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting number one. But yes. he said, when Tyler gets sacked or touched in practice, and let alone if it happens in a game, he said, there's no one, there's not going to be anyone else that's going to be hard on themselves than him. So, um, you know, he takes his, his craft seriously. Now that's, that's uh, I think that's speaking a lot for who he is, but it's also speaking a lot of what he's going to put on this, the rest of those guys, the four guys to his right, essentially. And then you have Dawson Deaton in the middle. Yeah, that's perfect. Where you start to worry is who's going to come in after them. Cause right. they, you know, I mean, it takes a special guy like, you know, Jason Kelsey's the Travis Fredericks before he retired, you know, to play a full game at offensive line they're going to be yeah. rotating in and out yeah but, um, we saw we saw some of that last year i mean that's how we yeah. knew um you know that's how we knew some of those younger guys could play a little bit because yeah we, caleb rogers yeah we saw them you know they had to do it uh so um you know i was trying to think um no yeah last thing i want to ask would you uh anything stand out about uh cumby and what he had to say or any yeah, of them, um, you know, Patterson, Cumbie, Wells, just kind of what are your – anything that I didn't mention that you wanted to, to bring up before we go here? I think Keith Patterson today showed, and he's shown this before, um, how connected he is to his players. Um, for example, the, I keep bringing up Reggie Pearson just because I had a great conversation with him. But the way he explained how Coach Patterson handled his situation and the way Coach Patterson talked about his situation, you can really tell he invests in his players. And that's something that you can tell that the defensive uh, – the defensive players on the team, the whole defense inside the ball, they kind of carry themselves a little different than we've seen in the past. And it's basically been successful for them. Honestly, it's been an upward trend. So that's good. Yeah. But um, I think that shows because of how caring is. It seems like every time we talk to him, you seem to like coach, uh, coach KP a little bit more and more yeah. just because of the human. He is. it kind of goes back to the whole, everybody loves Matt Wells as a, the guy. Yeah but the coach, you know, um, coach Wells being really, um, candid today uh, about it was a tough job to take. It's a hard job to take. Um, I don't know if you saw the, the presser or caught up with it, but basically when he brought up the, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, the, we're, we're definitely going to be better than year one because we pretty much stink. You know, the, we, we stunk the whole first year <laughs> and then you mix in COVID and the culture and stuff. And, um, he finally has a year where he has his guys, he has his systems in place and basically just him being candid and saying, um, so being candid, sorry, I got distracted by a little tweet. I thought it was something important, but, um, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, him kind of realizing and calling out where they sit and where they were. That was really nice to see, uh, Cumbie, uh, schematically and from, I guess what we can tell from the offense, because Xavier told me this and, so did Sir Roderick and Tyler even mentioned it too, was how this offense so far in, in spring camp and now they're going to be hitting it again is there's a lot of mismatch type deals going on. Yeah, uh, He's he's moving them, motioning them, 
to where they can create those mismatches. And he did that a lot that, at TCU. Yeah. Yes, yeah, he did. And I think he has a few more weapons here that can actually create those and actually, you know, pounce on those mismatches. So that'll be uh, interesting to see combi-wise and more schematically with him. I think the other two guys, they've been here, you know, that they're just all culture and they're – and KP basically has his defense where he wants it. Um, so I think you're going to hear – you're going to see and we probably hear a little bit more schematically and actually about the, the game itself on the field from Cumbie this season just because it is year one and we're going to see how he kind of, you know, leaves his thumbprint. But, uh, but yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from him and what he's talked about was uh, creating mismatches and just kind of getting the offense back to where they can compete and stay in front of teams because, you know, that Texas game, it's always going to come back. I mean, they should have, yeah. you know, just, you know, put their – uh, put their knee down and kind of choke them out, but they didn't. So, and, yeah. uh, you know, and they know that too. So, and we saw last year just how bad football can look when it's not complimentary. You know, like mm-hmm. when you have an aggressive defense that's getting stops, creating turnovers for the first time, and how who knows how long, you know, and yeah. then an offense that is kind of feels like it's just stuck in the mud, like, yes. you know, like. And, and you would the defense would get a stop and then you'd go three and out in about 30 seconds or you know you the defense would cre- create a turnover and you'd go you know three and out again and it or it was just or three you throw an interception yourself and it was just so frustrating you know to not see that complimentary football and so you almost you you just listening to those press conferences you almost see that Patterson and Cumbie seem to be aligned Yes. The way they see the game that's going to reflect on the field, you know, like, I don't think you're going to, I don't think you're going to see Cumbie wasting a turnover that Patterson's defense. I think if anything, he's going to, you know, use that turnover and not his motivation. It's not like he's never not trying to call the touchdown play, but seeing those turnovers, seeing those stops as, um, you know, opportunities instead of just, okay, we have the ball again. And so you can almost just tell that in the way they talk. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, no, yeah. The, I think it, the overall sense of things is on paper and, you know, talking about it, like we are, sounds great. sounds like every, it sounds like you have everything in place almost. Right. Um, But I'm still very nervous and scared. As they should be, because it is kind of, it is make or break, especially with the future of college football hanging in the balance. (laughs) Yeah. It is uh, to be, I don't know if you could be any more dramatic than that, but uh, that's good stuff, Brandon. Um, I think one last sentence. Yes. Uh, I was about to ask you. Yeah. I think the, uh, obviously, we can kind of get a little sidetracked with the, you know, blah, the stories, you know, and everything like that. But, um, yeah, I just I kind of keep circling back. We can praise them and, you know, talk about this guy going, you know, like I said, LSU, Duke, all these things. It really doesn't matter until we see it. So I think, you know, we're close enough. And what what's today, August 9th? Or I don't 5th. even know what day. August 5th, I'm way ahead yeah. of myself. <laughs> um, you're a month away from kickoff, basically. Yeah. Um, you're super, super close. We'll see if they can stay healthy. That's another thing. And um you know, if it was like Madden where you can turn off those injuries, I'd put my, uh, you know, my whole earnings on Texas Tech. But we'll see how everything goes. But nonetheless, we like just reminding people that even though things seem great and they could be very, very good, uh, we're still, what, four back to four win seasons back to back. 
So. Yep. Something, something's got to give. Something will. Yeah, give. Something will have to give. Yep. Absolutely. But uh, thanks again for sharing. I'm glad you can make yes. it out there today. Um, and we will. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to start previewing football. I started my yep. my preview the other day working on that. So it's good times ahead. So I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. Talk to you later. Later. I'm